What's going on? Just Goes to Show listeners. Welcome back. Welcome back. Uh, this is your co-host, Ridge. We're back with another episode because the Prem is back, so we're back as well. Yep, it's just over here coming with you. And I was just saying to Jack, we have to start a lot of episodes saying we're back. We've had several uh, pretty famous hiatuses. This one was not our fault, really, though. It was it was the fault of the, the Premier League, or more so the virus, but um, news has been coming out like every day about every league in Europe right now, and it is very exciting. I'm really pumped. How are you feeling about everything, Jack? Um, I think the best way to describe it is that we're back. The Prem is back. Uh, we're here to talk Project Restart, Operation Restart, Operation F- Inject Football back into my veins. Um, we're talking about it. The Prem is resuming officially on June 17th. Um, I guess, Chris, before we dive into the details of the restart, I mean, is th- has there been anything that you've done to kind of satisfy that that void in your heart and in your head uh, without football? Well, I know uh, last time we recorded, probably about, I don't know, four or six weeks ago, and I don't really remember exactly when it was, we had talked a lot about playing football manager and recording that way, or excuse me, not recording that way, but kind of filling that void with something. Uh, we have been playing a lot of FIFA over in my household, so just like head-to-head. I know we play, used to play a lot of pro club stuff, but playing a lot of FIFA. Um, I mean, I'm just watching the Bundesliga a lot. Um, when that's on, but I, we actually kicked the ball around a little bit yesterday. I don't know. I'm, now that the news is coming out, I'm getting more and more excited, and uh, it's it's like really getting the itch back over here. Yeah, I uh, I feel that on the fo- football manager front. Boston United are in the championship right now, so I'm I'm ascending leads. I'm I'm trying to wear jerseys. My dad's sent me a couple kits to wear while I'm I'm managing, and I uh, I was in Northern Wisconsin and Door County, Wisconsin uh, this past weekend. Uh, on like a kind of a romantic secluded getaway with the misses and uh, on the trip I probably watched two or three total replay fixtures just on the NBC app they had a uh, like a, a little Roku in the in the house and so I watched like three matches uh, which was obviously well received on vacation so that's basically what I've been doing I dial into dial into some YouTube videos some highlight videos been watching a lot of Wilfred Zaha clips um, you know, watching whatever content I can get my hands on on Instagram uh, that's football related. But um, it feels nice to to say that you know, in a few days here, in just over a week, we'll be able to tune in June seventeenth, Aston Villa uh, take part in the first fixture for the Premier League's official return. Um, and it's very fitting that it's Villa, isn't it? Because we got that game in hand. Yeah, I mean, obviously they needed to get an extra game in, um, and so no, I mean it's 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 exciting that it is Villa. I kind of hate that it's Villa because I will be working. Uh, while they play, so these midweeks fixtures are a little bit tough. But um, I mean, it's an opportunity for them to pick up some points and get out of the the bottom three. There, um, the, the game in hand, it's going to come out right away, and it's going to be interesting too. Kind of on that note too, with uh, like a little bit of an accelerated schedule, and right. with that, how certain teams are going to handle it. I mean, teams with depth are going to have a big advantage, but we'll see how players have been training over the break because there's going to be a lot of people that come back probably more out of shape. We're going to see a lot less people playing 90 minutes in the first game or two, I imagine. Um, But, no, I mean, for Villa specifically, they have a a pretty winnable fixture. Uh, It's not going to be an easy one, but, you know, I think ultimately it's going to be crucial for them to get at least a point here. They're at home against Blades. 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 Blades probably don't have quite the same momentum that they had. Uh, for a team that might have been hurt by the stoppage, I think Blades was a team that just felt like they were cruising through this season and that stop might pump the brakes on that a little bit. Villa were a team that desperately needed the break. 
They're getting some guys back from injury. They're getting some rejuvenation because they were dropping on the table pretty quick. So, you know, there's a lot of teams that are going to be benefiting from the break. And, you know, it's like that rest versus rust argument. Right, right, Except, right. except um, uh, in this case, um, it's all rust and rest, so it doesn't really fit that well. But Yeah, I feel you, though. Um, I do think there's something to be said about momentum. I think talking about the Villa fixture, I'll, let's, uh, I want to zoom out a little bit real quick and kind of give an assessment about the whole Premier League and then we'll dive into some of the, the individual plot lines and kind of teams that we're taking a look at with the restart um, sure. in detail. Um, the Premier League officially comes back on June 17th. If you look at the schedule it's pretty much day-over-day day football action. Um, so you have fixtures on the 17th, the 19th, the 20th, the 21st, 22nd, 23rd, 24th, 25th. I think there's a day off on the 26th. Then you're back 27, 28. So it's like, you know, uh, it's re- you're really hard-pressed to find a day where you can at least watch some game, um, which is great. Um, it, with the restart, there's a couple of modifications they're making to the game to kind of you know, adjust to the, the unique situation and the fluid situation. That's what everyone likes saying, the fluid situation that we're in. Um, there's going to be five subs that each team can make, um, but they can only make them in three increments. So, um, you know, if you've got a one goal lead heading into injury time and you haven't used a sub yet and you make all five subs in injury time and kill a bunch of time, can't do it. You can only do it in three increments. So the sub time frames are the same as what they used to. You can just do more players, which is interesting, right? If you get to that last, you get to that last third increment and you want to make more, you only, you know, you only want to make one sub, do you save that to kind of you know, because you want to make a bigger switch with more players at once. That's going to be uh, pretty interesting to see how that plays out. Um, also, no crowds, so all the venues are neutral. Um, no no viewers are going to be allowed in stadiums, so every game is going to be, you know, uh, there's some teams that are trying to do, like, different stuff where they're putting in, like, plastic statues or paper photos of fans um, just to, you know, fans to contribute in different ways. Some teams have done, like, viewing areas outside their grounds with large TVs, kind of like drive through cinemas, um, and so no crowds. Uh, there has been some simulated crowd noise over the loudspeakers in the Bundesliga. We'll see how, you know, if that's used by some Premier League teams to create kind of a home field advantage, because other than that, um, a lot of the away teams actually did better in the first few weeks of the Bundesliga, um, who's obviously already been, uh, been rolling and playing games ahead of the Premier League. Um, in terms of televised games, there are going to be, they are expanding to different networks because usually... Uh, one, you know, Sky Sports has a pretty big monopoly on what games go on the air, but because of all the fixtures being condensed, um, everything's on TV and everything's going to be accessible through different channels. So if you're thinking of you know starting a free membership with like Be in Sport for a free one month on like you know Fubo TV or something, like the time is in one week to start and then get as much out of that free one week from one month trial as you can. Um, and on uh, the first BBC Live football match is the first Saturday, Crystal Palace play i believe what is that chris the 20th the 20th yes two one and um yeah i think you know in terms of the accessibility of the games and i think quick jump in here uh, we will say i think there's a there might be a, a bar night in the studio of our co-host chris so for, please forgive any background noise just, or anything like that despite I'll, what it despite what it probably sounds like uh based off of our episodes and the content and quality of them and what you guys probably think of Jack and I, we don't record in actual studios with nice equipment. So I'm in my basement and my roommates are like making dinner and stuff. And, uh, so if you hear stuff banging, it's a little, you know, we love that. We're, that that's what we got. That's yeah, that's Gertie. We love that little character. Um, but I think, um, I, but let me jump in since you talked for like 10 minutes about all of our topics quick without letting me say anything. Um, 
the five subs thing, first off, that you, you glossed over, that could be pretty interesting. Um, and then the no crowds thing, the next thing, I also think could be pretty interesting. Um, but what were you saying about the televised games? I just think you know it's going to be awesome for all games to be on at different times. I feel like on Saturdays I would pick like one or two games, and it's super frustrating because I want to watch all of them all the time. Um, but to have it in like little digestible tidbits, like this could be, we may have sacrificed like you know two and a half months of non-football for like what may be the greatest football viewing experience of our lifetimes. Well, so here's the thing for me about it. It's a, I agree with you to some extent, but you know one advantage I've had from being able to work from home for the past two months is that when the Bundesliga resumed, I was able to watch games like every day, and they had afternoon games like four days of the week, which was so cool. Um, now I'm back in the office, so that's one thing that's different. But um, with the Premier League, it just should be like ten times better. The only thing that kind of sucks about it, because you're talking about like could be like an unprecedented like all-time stretch like yes but not having fans of the games will take some of that away for sure like no doubt about it um and watching the bundesliga games has still been fun but it's not quite the same so that's uh, i mean that brings us back to then the you know away from the televised aspect and it brings us back to the crowd noise piece from for me it almost feels like and this might be a hot take it almost feels like i'm watching an international fixture Right, like if I'm watching uh, England play, um, England play Spain in South in Seoul, right in South Korea, right? Like there's a lot of people, or you're watching a preseason game like the Real Madrid versus Manchester United in the big house, where it's like a lot of like there's like some noise, but like there is no ebb and flow of the noise with the game. It's only like reactionary. Where like I kind of feel like that when I'm watching these games where it's neutral noise or no noise for me, it's the neutrality piece. that feels similar. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah, it does. But I mean, like, I, I don't know for me, it's just, it takes away from the excitement and the fun of it. And like, you could look at that from a neutral perspective, but, um, I don't know when a goal gets scored to not be able to like run to fans in the crowd in any way. Is just like it's kind of it kind of sucks, and towards the end of the season when there's so much on the line in some of these fixtures, it's really gonna be a bummer for you know if your club's accomplishing some really great thing to be watching at home. Um, you know, I were talking a little bit about Liverpool, for instance. They play at uh, at Everton at Goodison Park on Sunday, that the twenty first, and if City lose to Arsenal on the seventeenth, which is possible, then Liverpool could clinch the Premier League. Um, at Goodison Park, their biggest rivals, and it would be their first Premier League title, and they won't be able to go. Like none of the supporters can go to that and experience that they're gonna be watching from home, and that's just it's it's a bummer. Like you wanna you wanna see a team win the title with fans on the pitch. Yeah, of course. I mean, I'm not gonna deny like I wish fans were in the ground and I wish that you know there were fans there, but I think for for. Being able to finish out the season, being able to get football on TV, like, I mean, I'm someone who's watching the games, you know, I have a different take because I'm watching most of the games from the States anyway, so I'm watching them all on TV for the first time. I don't think it, you know, dramatically alters my viewing experience uh, as an American mm. who's already watching overseas to be see fans or no, no fans. Like, yes, I wish they were there. Yes, it builds more excitement. But for me, I'm still able to watch all the players I like, see the teams that I like, see them, you know, see the season play out in the way that I want. And... I mean, you know, as a, 
as someone who's already watching most of the season internationally, like that's fine. I think the people who are hurt the most are like season ticket holders, right? People who go to every game, you know, I think Hatchet, like Glenn's dad, who's been to every game for the past like 29 years or something or 38 years or whatever it is. It's crazy. Um, those are people who are, I think like going to no, be, and you like, know. I mean, yeah, I don't want to be like, woe is me. Like I'm really excited that they're coming back and playing. Um, I guess just my point was that you're talking about how this could be like a historic thing. And I think that, there are going to be some negatives, and that's the main one for me. Um, so, like, if you... if you But take, you're right. I mean, like, my viewing experience hasn't been altered that much, and I was going to ask you... Go ahead with your question. I was gonna, yeah, I was going to say, then, what would you prefer? Would you prefer... Uh, say, say you know, take COVID out of the equation, right? Would you prefer seven days a week football on TV to watch, or six out of seven days a week football on TV to watch with no fans, or football... Only on Saturdays, one day a week, with fans. Saturdays, for sure. Because hmm. it's not even just about the fans. Like, football is like an, a religious experience. And, like, it should be done in a day like that. Like, I'm not even a huge fan of, like, Friday night football and stuff like that as much. Or Monday night. I like the games on Saturdays and Sundays. It reminds me of college football in a way where it's like, that's the day. And all the fans get out and get after it. And it's not even just necessarily about having the fans in the stadium that's part of it, but it just, I mean, you and I have been to so many of these grounds. It's just that, like, the local feeling of that area is just overtaken that day. Yeah. And when it's not like a Wednesday or a Thursday, it's not as big of a deal. And I don't know. I mean, I think it's cool you get to watch more teams probably this way. And and literally watch, like, a full 90 minutes of matches you might not have already. But you and I already do a lot of that anyway. And it's just like... I don't know. That's the thing. It's I, like, oh my god! I, like, something about w- me waking up. I set my alarm for like six o'clock every Saturday morning, even as an American, just to get up and I get my coffee going. I do all this stuff and I just post stuff on my couch for six to eight hours and watch matches. The Prem and like, it's just something that I, I absolutely love about that. And <laughs> on like a on a two thirty Tuesday game for me, I don't get the same way. Yeah. And in England, it's in England. It'd be cool to be able to turn on the the, t- the telly at eight and watch a match every night of the week, but we don't really get that as much. So. Yeah, I feel that. I think when I'm framing that debate out loud, I'd realize that I would still take the Saturdays as well. Like. Um, I mean, I would take both of those over nothing, which of, is what we had for the past two exactly. Months, so, so I think we'll I think yeah I think I th- and my part of my little kind of. A uh, hypothetical question there was taking COVID out of the the equation, and and for me, so I think that's the, I, that's the thing. I just like that we're you know I like that we're back. Well, so I did have one question for you though. The two that I was gonna say. Yeah, so, yeah. for you, would you are you someone that's on team crowd noise or no crowd noise? I don't care. Uh, I, I I really don't like. I think. Like, like what, there's going to be a guy kind of, like, DJing the game, like, in the sound box. Like, someone has a miss and they need to press something and you go, oh, right? Like, I think that's kind of, I think that's kind of silly. Um, and if I, was so, a, if I was a player, I would be annoyed by that, kind of. Like, if you had a bad well, shot and then, if you had a bad shot, say that, say that you've an effort. No, but like, but let me cut you off. Let me cut you off. Right. Because apparently in the Bundesliga, it's not pumped into the stadium because they have had different viewing options in some of these games where you can watch it with or without. You can pick on TV. So it's just so it's on the... It's on, it's something on the that air. the... Something they're doing on the broadcast, not in the stadiums. Ah. Uh, well, in that case, like, I don't... Yeah, I definitely don't need that. That's like that's like watching Friends and listening to the ha-ha-ha-ha-ha in the background, like the... Yeah, but the Friends wouldn't be funny... Friends wouldn't be funny without the laugh track, so it, it's important. Like, that's... that They need that because they're like, oh, that was the joke. You have to laugh. And... I don't like and that as a purist. I've, as a purist, I've I watched like both. 
Okay, here's the thing. I've watched it both ways in the Bundesliga, and I am definitely team crowd noise because I think there's no reason not to have it. When I watched it without the crowd noise, I've heard like a lot of takes, and like this is not just in soccer. It's in American sports where people are like, oh, man, like it'll be so cool without fans. What if all the players mic'd up, or we'll just get to hear what they're saying to each other, blah, blah, blah. And I watched the first game back of the Bundesliga, it was at Dortmund, and it was just echoes. You just hear like echoes across the pitch, and it just makes it feel even emptier. And you can't understand what anyone's saying. Like, I mean, it's in German, but I do speak a decent amount of German. But you can't even make out words. So it's like you can't hear what the players are doing. It just sounds like echoes bouncing off bleachers, and it like I don't know. It was a weird, like empty feeling. Yeah, I mean, and then I- the next week that was the first game, and then the next week they brought sound noise in, and I was watching with my dad, and we we're like, yeah, this works. We're cool with this. Like, it just makes it feel a little bit more normal and natural. The, the echoes, you're talking about how, like, you're, like, playing on a neutral field. The echoes make it seem like a pickup scrimmage. Like, they might not even, might as well just be, like, put on shirts for skins. Right, but, like, but, like. takes but, away from some of the luster. Right, but, like, I almost love that a little bit. Like, I love the idea of, like, yeah, but, of, I love the idea of, you know, 120 million pound rated Jaden Sancho playing shirts v. skins. You know what I mean? Like, I like that it's gritty. I like that it's pure. I like, I like that, but not in a. Premier League game that's gonna or like these are this is the last stretch of the season like I don't want it feeling like scrimmage like that will make the title and the whole season feel like a little bit less legitimate in my eyes like I want it to feel like but it has nothing to do with the actual game it's purely for the you want you want a villain villain a relegation battle in the last match of the season and Jack Grealish is just out there in skins and they're just like yelling around to each other well you said you said you said it doesn't even affect the game so I don't like. I don't like the idea of like the network doctoring the game for like. Well, that, make... I mean, in Germany you had a choice, but right, I don't think I, they'll do that in the or not. I, I mean, I just do, I I don't need that. I don't like the idea of like them just like playing a track, a laugh track over the game to then tell me what how to react and how to feel in response to certain things. I don't like that. I can watch. I I, mean, I, I, I I think I, I like it in its purest form without that. I think from what I've seen, most people that I've seen it both ways, at least what I've seen on the internet, prefer it with the noise. And yeah, I definitely do. I mean, I you know, I guess yeah, I guess that's a that's a hot take. But I, uh, I I was under the impression they were playing it in the stadiums, and I was for a little bit too. And then I read into it, and no, because I saw that German uh, TV stations were offering the choice. That's wild. Which means that yeah, so I don't know. It was interesting, and but the other thing that the other reason why I think I like the crowd noise is because the commentators they have for the Bundesliga on Fox Sports so Yeah, that's fair. On Fox I would NBC, probably want yeah, like the Premier League Premier League on NBC is so much better than the Bundesliga on Fox, it's not even funny. Yeah, Fox is a joke when it comes to football. I miss Rebecca Lowe. Yeah. Hope she's great. And the Robbies. Love them. Um yeah. which I think thinking about is before we move on from the Bundesliga, we're doing a lot of talking about the Bundesliga purely because they have been playing and you know, they have our sample size and all of this. and Yeah, you know, let's jump into the players. There, there, there are just a handful of really big names who, there are two things to note here. One, a lot of these Bundesliga teams are playing, and so everyone's watching them, and they're getting looks from some of the biggest clubs in the world. So there's a handful of stars that are getting big, big rumors over to English clubs right now, um, notably being Timo Werner, who's, who's supposedly off to Chelsea very soon. Should be sealed in the next few days, apparently. So, so Werner, yeah, they Chelsea activated his release clause, which I believe was forty nine million euros, and uh, Liverpool had been linked for a while, and Liverpool fans are losing their mind on Twitter. I love it. Yeah, I think I think Liverpool, the only they're the most expensive buy since 
winning the Champions League has been uh, like Minamuri, the garbage guy they bought from like Salzburg, or I don't even know where he came from. This like like kind of like sixth or seventh attacking midfield rotational option that they have. I think he's been their most uh, their most expensive buy. Harvey Elliott as well. I feel like that can't be right. No, it is. It is. Who, who else? Who else? Have they? Who else? Have they bought? Adrian. They bought an Adrian as a backup Nab- keeper. Nabi Kaida. Nabi Kaida came in two seasons ago. He's with the Champions League team. Oh, well, he was a little expensive. Yeah, I mean, maybe they haven't really. They didn't really need to revamp after last season, obviously, and they didn't. But they could have used a guy like this because he's very different than Roberto Firmino. Firmino is really like a false nine hold up player who likes to pass the ball a lot. And Werner's just this, like, deadly, pacey guy who just gets in behind defenders and scores more of a poacher. But I think he'll fit in very well at Chelsea. I think it's a really good signing. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see what happens with the, the slew of strikers already at Chelsea. So you have Michy, Olivier Giroud, Tammy Abraham all kind of slide down the pecking order. Um, mm-hmm. You know, to that. And, and obviously, Palace has been linked with Michy, a Michy return for ages. Olivier Giroud's been linked everywhere under the sun. People don't really know if he's good or not. Cause he I think Tammy will still cup. play and get time, but... He's the only one that seems like more of a long-term guy there. But And then I had four other guys here that I listed as of just just like not necessarily breakout stars because a lot of these guys were very well-known and, yeah, and stars own. before, but like they're getting so much attention. So the next one is obvious, Erling Holland, uh, who plays for Dortmund. He has been out of control good. Um, I believe so for Dortmund this season, he has, I want to say it was... 12 goals in his first 10 matches in the Premier League. Um, he has Good. been electric. He came back. He scored like right away in the first televised match. His celebrations are hilarious. He does like little like meditating pose thing. And then he also, if you haven't seen on Twitter, is very funny in press conferences. Like I think he can speak pretty de- decent English, but he just gives like one word answers and smiles. And he's he's got like a lot of personality. Dortmund are going to sell him for a massive profit soon, I think. Yeah, I mean, Erling Holland, a lot of these players, I don't really think they should be in the Bundesliga. Uh, Bernd Leno actually came out with a quote saying, the Bundesliga is boring, Bayern's going to win it all every year, we all know it. Um, That's true, but I don't know, there are some other good teams out there I mean, there, there's, there's sure. good teams out there. I mean, it definitely is a one-league, uh, or one-team league, and it has been for the last, mm-hmm. you know, seven, seven years or well, so. Well, okay, before we go to Bayern, though, the other guy in Dortmund... Let's do that. And then I have a guy in Bayern that I want to talk about. Jaden Sancho is the other Dortmund guy who, speaking of players that shouldn't be in the Bundesliga. Yeah, I mean, he's English, uh, young English talent. He's, he, How get, the hell did that happen? Getting, getting. Uh, I think he left the Man City Academy, if I'm not wrong, to go to Dortmund, which, you know, quite a few quite a few players try to do is leave England to, to get earlier playing time and then come back. Like Eric Dyer did it in Portugal. Um and it works out for some. A lot of them can't handle living abroad. A lot of them kind of break down uh, with a different different language. But Jaden Santos take, taking it really well. Um, full credit to him. You know, he also protested. He uh, he left. Well, he left uh, City because he like thought he wasn't going to get enough playing time. So right. You're right. Which, and he like kind of forced his way out, but. Which yeah. is you know which is fair and and there's not a ton of players like only a handful of really really great players have done that. Paul Pogba leaving United, going to get time at Juve. Um, you know, it doesn't happen a ton where they, they, you know, there's a ton of players who've gone abroad and, and well, I can't blame them when there's guys like Leroy Sané don't, don't get playing time at City. And then like, you look at someone like Phil Foden, who Pep says is the most talented players ever managed and he doesn't get to play. Yeah, every, every game. I don't blame him, but yeah, you're right. He did do, he did protest and we were going to talk about that a little bit. Um, you know, he did Wes McKinney, 
Uh, Dortmund's whole team had uh, warm-ups on that were protesting. It's kind of crazy, the attention that um, the protests in the U.S. have gotten internationally, but yeah. it's good to see. And then you were saying that there's no punishments. Yeah, there isn't any punishments. So the, the F, I think it's the FA has rolled out saying there's no punishments for any any protests. So usually players are fined if they you know, have something on related to a certain political matter or, you know, if, a, if like Mo Salah had something on a shirt, said some, saying something about Egypt, right, or something going on in Egypt, he would get fined. And players kind of know that before they, you know, they're briefed on it. They know to expect that. Same thing with like an NFL player. If they, you know, endorsed something in a game. They wear their shoes that aren't Right, 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 right. Um, which seems a little ridiculous, but um, it's really, really good to see that they've relaxed and said that, you know, they're not going to issue any punishments for any protests through the rest of the season, which is kind of just like a dose of common sense and a good job for the league for owning up and saying, you know, we we're not gonna we're not gonna reprimand behavior that, that is totally valid and, and and correct, you know. So yeah, um, that's good to see. Yeah, and so and then uh, kind of back to Sancho, he's linked with every club in England, which is not surprising. He's an English player. Right. Um, I just saw reports today and yesterday that United are looking to offload Dan James as they look to bring on Jaden Sancho. I think every every club in England wants him desperately. He's been incredible at Dortmund, putting up insane goal and assist numbers each of the last right. two years. So um, he could be on the move over the summer. And then the next guy I had was Kai Havertz, who is unbelievable, uh, an unbelievable attacking midfielder for Leverkusen. Uh, he has gotten an insane amount of attention over the past month or two. This is a guy who I knew from playing football manager. Um, he just... Like is one of those guys that always ends up being really expensive and, and valuable and Good. one of the best players in the world in football manager. Yeah, exactly. So he has been crazy uh, for Leverkusen. He's now linked with Chelsea. He's linked with United. Yeah, and the, all thing, over the, place. the thing I really like about him too is like he's not your typical like young pace demon type player. I see him as like kind of a uh, he's like six two, so he kind of reminds me of Zidane a little bit in the way he plays in like attacking midfield and then. As he progresses through his career, I like him as like the most the best value for money buy. Because as he progresses in his career, he can kind of drop into a deeper holding midfield role if he starts to lose a little bit of pace. And so you're going to see him be really, really good for a really long amount of time. Like think a lot about a lot of really good midfielders in the Prem with really strong legacies. Um, I don't know, like uh, a Giggs, uh, Beckham, even though he wasn't in the Premier League for that long. Like a lot of the, like very rarely do you have like a wide player who maintain unless they're a freak of nature like Cristiano Ronaldo who maintains their physique and speed for so long um but Akai Havertz you'll see like shift I think through his career a little bit deeper on the pitch but he's I mean he's so good right now and so young and quick and uh his touch and passing ability is really strong yeah I mean so like for someone who has who's 6-2 and he, he's been playing I think in the middle a good amount too but he can play on the wing right. um but to be that technically gifted and like he just seems like an extremely intelligent player so He's someone that I would expect to be around for a long time, and he's only twenty. But he'll—I think he'll be gone this summer. I don't think Leverkusen are going to be able to hold on to him. Yeah, me neither. And, and then the last guy I wanted to talk about, which is perhaps the most interesting in my opinion, is Alfonso Davies at Bayern right now. He—he's uh, come in, taken over the left back spot. He's nineteen, and he kind of came out of nowhere. He got brought up with the Vancouver Whitecaps. Uh, he's a Canadian player, and I, I don't know. I mean, I've watched this guy play a couple times now, and he looks, like, insanely good. Yeah, like, I don't, he's I don't know a freak I, athlete. I, I can't even really compare him to anybody. Like, I want to compare him to some, like, fullback. He, almost like a... 
like the build and athleticism like a Gareth Bale. Yeah, I but think... but when Bale was nineteen, he was he looked nothing like Alfonso Davies. Yeah, and it, I don't know. It, it, he <laughs> to, to me kind of reminds me of uh, like his ranginess and speed reminds me of Juan Bissaka a little bit. Um, mm-hmm. But I think he's just a more complete player. Uh, he's better dribbler of the ball, better passer of the ball than Juan Bissaka. So Juan Bissaka is probably a better outright defender. Um, you know, and that's what he's known for. But Alfonso Davies, it, 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 like probably slightly better athlete, slightly better overall in terms of the player comparison, um, and a little bit more complete player. But bombs down the wing. He started off as a left winger, came from Vancouver. There's actually a bunch of reports that we've seen on Twitter of him being linked with Crystal Palace as like a 16 year old. Yeah. Um, so he apparently so Crystal Palace won on a North American tour, and. Steve Parrish has come out and said this this week, which is like really easy to say, or this week or last week. But apparently, Crystal Palace was extremely impressed with him when they played against him, and they wanted to try to sign him, and it fell through because they couldn't get a work permit secured for him yeah, to play in England. Um, but he was the record transfer from the MLS when he got sold. It was for like thirteen million dollars to Bayern, and he's not anymore. Miguel Almiron to Newcastle was more expensive, but I think uh, Davies is a little better than Almiron. But anyway, he actually, I was going to say comparison-wise, he kind of reminded me of David Alaba, but it's just funny because he basically pushed David Alaba to center back on Bayern right now. Right. But they have like a little bit of a similar build, and uh, I mean, they both play for Bayern, which is interesting. Yeah, they're both but quick players. But he's a beast. Players. Yeah, they're both quick players. Yeah. And it's going to be interesting to see, I think at the last note, we'll be like, what will happen with some of these? Well, I'm sure we'll bring our financial analyst, Andrew Lachman, back, but talking in the future about what happens with these post-COVID prices. Like, it was such a seller's market for a while with teams, you know, selling these and breaking transfer fees for a long time with, uh, you know, just massive, massive prices, uh, price tags on players. And it's going to be interesting to see post-COVID, you know, who was affected, whose revenue streams were affected, what's going to happen to the valuation of players. Did, like, kind of like well, the lull the no, where no one was buying, did that inflate things more or did that bring some deflation back? Who knows? I can't say for sure what it'll do to transfer prices, but I don't think it will really actually change transfer prices all that much. But what I am kind of concerned about is how not having fans at the grounds will impact clubs, and I think it will be pretty disproportionate. And there's some clubs that obviously rely a lot more on their gate receipts and their match day income than others. And not being able to have that for the rest of this season, but likely into next season too, no fans, uh, we're going to have to see... And I don't know the answer to that, really. Like, what clubs are going to be the most uh, most impacted by not being able to sell tickets? Yeah, but I think I think that I'm sure that the the t- clubs at the top are going to be able to rely a lot on sponsorship money still, um, and and things like that. But they also have a much bigger capacity to deal with, so it's interesting. Yeah, you, I mean, I think you're going to see people and teams. Uh, obviously, they're going to have to rely much more on commercial revenue streams. So. You know, non-typical. Oh, people pay you know twenty pound to come to the ground and watch the game. You're gonna you're gonna see teams start to distance themselves. I think about teams who aren't good commercially, being like a Bournemouth, who has pretty you know has spent significant amount of money in the past, but like has very little commercial value, right? Like a lot of people don't know that team. Um, they don't have like sexy kits that go out with these crazy sponsorship, you know, or, or crazy sponsors that they get every year. They don't have you know you're not seeing Bournemouth players on like ads. You know what I mean? Like. Um, and that's just someone – obviously I'm going off on an off-the-cuff judgment here, but I'm thinking about the Burnleys, the, the teams like – whereas you have an Aston Villa who commercially has a lot larger reach. Um, if they stay up. If, if they stay up, exactly. And even – but like a Sheffield United, commercially not a crazy – you know, uh, doesn't have a, a ton of commercial streams with 
you know, different sponsorships, different broadcasting packages. People, you know, Aston Villa will get money from people tuning in with memberships on their website. Like, how do other clubs compare up? Um, so there'll be a lot more commercial revenue, I think, and independency there. It's just a quick, you know, uh, my thoughts on it. But, you know, we'll see what happens, like you said, to the, the, the fees and, and wages of players over the next season or so, you know? Definitely. And uh, I think we definitely should bring Andrew on to talk more about that. Uh, maybe for next week. We'll see. We'll see. Uh, but... But regardless, um, I've got trivia you know, for you. Talk. I've got yeah. Trivia we're for gonna you. so just for, just for the listeners, we are gonna dive next week, uh, probably again on Monday night, into uh, more of like the preview for the first week of fixtures back. We'll probably do our predictor preview, all of that. Then, um, for right now, we're gonna keep it a little bit more broad, and we're gonna do trivia, and we'll wrap it up. So Jack is going to be quizzing me today. Um, a little nervous. Yeah, really simple. I'm gonna give you a minute. I'll give you a minute. Maybe I'll I might accept, you know grant you more time if I'm seeing you flounder, but I'm just gonna give you a minute, um, and I'm gonna ask you. The trivia is about transfer fees, and I figured since okay. we, since we were talking, I did a little research before the call. Since we were talking uh, before the call, sound like I'm on a work call. Um, bef- we were talking a lot about the Bundesliga. Um, I I'll award you ten points. Eh, nah, fuck it. We'll just go five. Uh, the five largest Bundesliga to Premier League transfers in history. Just need the five the five players. And you have a minute. Ready? Go. Five players? Five players. Um, biggest transfers from the Bundesliga to the Premier League. Oh, my God. I have no idea. Uh, I'll give you a I'll give, I'll give you a hint. You've already named one on this podcast. Rudiger? No. Timo Werner? No, he hasn't. He hasn't been sold yet. Okay. Well, you said I named one. Um. You did name one. You named him earlier. Obama Yang? No. Really? Okay. Jesus. Uh, I think those guys were out of who, contract. Who were we even talking about earlier? Um. I'm, I'm going to have to give you an, another minute. I'll give you another minute. Yeah, I don't know if I'm going to get any of these. Can you give me... Uh, yeah, three of them were three of them to, were, were to one team, and that team's Manchester City, and two of them still play for that team. Oh, okay. Leroy Sané, obviously. Yeah, he's, the, he's the biggest. Uh, Ilkay Gundogan. Yeah, he's the second largest transfer. Okay. Um, so you got the first two. 46 million for okay. Sané, 24 for Gundogan. 24? So the other ones are all... Oh, my God. Those are no, like, no fees. Okay. Um... Can you give me like years? Uh, one was I think the season before this. Uh, Unai, uh, Unai Emery's helm, or summer last summer, uh, maybe two summers ago. It's pretty recent. He's a goalkeeper. Oh, Leno. Leno. Yes, Leno, Leno. well done, well done. Well, you give me a lot of clues there, but. Um... And then the the last two, neither of them play in the Premier League anymore. Okay, but there are they both still active? Uh, yes, believe. I don't know where one is right now, but I know where the other one is. The other one plays in, uh, plays in the Bundesliga. Let me look at where the other one is. Hmm, okay. Um. They both played on Germany's World Cup winning team. There's your hint. That's good to know. Okay. Hmm. And you're at the end of two minutes, so. Yeah, I know. We're burning a lot of daylight here. This is really good radio for our listeners. <laughs> give, me, give me one more hint and I'll give up. One more hint. Um, one currently plays for Bayern. That's, what, that's the only team I was really thinking about, so. 
Uh, it's he left, not gonna he, help he, me. He left the Premier League and went uh, and went to Bayern. All right, time. You're at two thirty. Yeah. So I gave yeah, you two, two minutes and 30 seconds on the original one minute. Granted, at the end, end of one minute, you did get Sané, and then you quickly got Gundogan as well. And then with the hints, got Leno. The last two are Andre Schurle, who, oh, who for uh, 19.8 million went to Chelsea. Yeah. Um, so it's actually his, he actually went to the Premier League on two separate occasions. Yeah, um, well, I knew he went to Chelsea first. But like, that's the thing. When I first thought of this question, I was not thinking of signings that were in the like, teens. Right, and then because, the yeah, it's tough. The last one is Jerome Boateng, and is transferred to Manchester City. So he was sold to Manchester City for eleven point two five million. And let's see. I mean, I actually thought about Jerome Boateng because I basically went through all of Bayern's roster, and he didn't even cross my mind. Right. So those were the three. The, those were the five largest. Now, like I said, I was doing research before the call, and uh, I, I liked I liked the theme of that. It was difficult, which I like. I didn't do very well, but right. So, I'm not even embarrassed. I think that was a good question. So I, like I said, doing research, I I did get my notes a little mixed up. Um, you there's actually one, two, three, four players. Uh, actually. Five players um, in the top ten that weren't mentioned. So in the uh, oh okay in the in the question basically I'm gonna alter the question. The question was 2017 and before. My filter that I was running was 2017 and before. So uh, those oh, are the largest transfers for 2017. Are you kidding me? <laughs> I'm so looking, what were the- I'm looking right now. There's a slew of them that have happened over the last like two years. But you only didn't. Okay, I actually just complimented you on that question. Yeah, like, I know, I know, ago. I know, I know. It's, and uh, it was not this, even legitimate is, in any way. This is shambles. This is shambles. So I'm gonna rip this through what some. Happens when you do trivia, I'm gonna rip through some. Uh, it was I said on the 2017 filter, uh, 2017 season. Anything before 2017, so that that's when all those transfers uh, happened. Well, that would have been a nice thing to know, though. Yeah. Um, so I'll rip through some big names that you didn't even mention, but, you know, whatever. Uh, you've got Kevin De Bruyne. Um, right. You've got uh, Christian Pulisic, 57 million. Yeah. De, Bruyne, De Bruyne is 68. Well, you've got... See, got Aubame- you didn't say it. My- <laughs> you did I did say Aubameyang. I was going to say, even though I, 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 you didn't say it, I was definitely thinking, like, pre-18 at least. Yeah, you, <laughs> you've got <laughs> Na- Na- Navi Keita, who we've mentioned... I did say that. All right, I'm, there's a bunch here. Let, let, let me just rip through some more. We've I got, said that, but not as a guest for this. <laughs> we've got, we've got, we got Grada Jaka, Joe Ellington. Uh, you've got R- Roberto. Fer- oh. you've got Roberto Firmino. That was in fifteen sixteen. So I forgot that Firmino came from the Bundesliga, and I forgot that Joel Linton existed because he's he's garbage. It, it in Jekko, thirty three million. That was in 2010-2011. So basically, honestly, like have, so you you basically asked me to guess like fifteen through twenty. Oh no 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 no! I actually did it. My, I did my question right. I just didn't execute the question right. Wow, this is great. Uh, it's <laughs> it's just it's it's all it's German players. From the Bundesliga to the Prem. That was the filter. My bad. So it's German players who went from the Bundesliga to the Prem and the record transfers. So the, all those players, the five that I just listed, are all German. So I think well, I said that actually in the question. No? 
We'll have to play no, it back. No. <laughs> I mean, you didn't even know that, so I did, I did, I did, I did, I did, I did, I did. I was wondering you know, why at I this got point, some players. At this point, you did a pretty bad job asking the question. I did a pretty bad job answering the question. Let's just wrap it up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, I do think. All right. Well, it, by, by the way, for those listeners who are trying to like, execute on trivia, if you played along and you were kind of like confused, you it's because you saw the hole in my question. If you played along and you're like, wow, Jack, those were all on points because you got it and I framed the question correctly. So it's going to be an interesting playback to see what went down. Wow. We need a moderator. we got to bring in moderators for questions in the future. Yeah, I said we maybe should, and you're like, no, I got it tonight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you know. Okay. So, so anyway, right. so wrapping it up, like I had said, we are going to be doing predictor picks next week. Shout out Boom Fantasy. Uh, our lead <laughs> code, if you download the NBC Sports Predictor app, our lead code is M-D-E-Q-L-8. we got about 40 people in the league right now. Jack, you want to run through that top five? Yeah, the top five in the current Predictor app, MC Predictor app, are Sean Purcell. Shout out Sean Purcell, wherever you're at. Jim Sabre's number two. Nick Harmon's number three. Well done. Your co-host, Chris Sabre, is number four. <laughs> and my mother, my sweet, sweet, sweet mother, is number five, Janae Ridgeway. Shout out, Janae. Yeah, uh, also shout out to my co-host, Jack, coming in at 14. Uh, so, Jack got a lot of ground to make up there. Uh, give us a follow on Twitter at goes to show pod follow us on instagram just goes to show pod i'm chris saver this is your co-host ridge it's german transfers from the bundesliga to the prem uh just goes to show <laughs> everybody's human see Good you guys night. next week